4: Terms and conditions apply.
0: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio.
5: Radio.
4: Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. You can check out the show as always on the iHeartRadio app. Normally in this time slot, well, in this Sunday night show, we're normally earlier than this, but in this Sunday night show with Brady Quinn, none other than Brady Quinn, (laughs) who set a world record. You may have seen it floating around social media earlier on Sunday he was the quarterback in which Jarvis Landry caught the most one-handed catch, made the most one-handed catches in some certain amount of time. Anyway, Brady Quinn was on the other hand of that, so he is now a world record holder, so if you thought his ego was out of whack already, it is to the roof at this point. So, normally Brady Quinn is with us here on Fox Sports Radio in this time slot on Sunday nights here, but he is doing coverage for the Super Bowl, so he will not be with us. He'll try and pop on at some point throughout the course of the show, but it is a busy night in Atlanta following a 13-3 win and another Super Bowl championship for the New England Patriots. That makes six for Tom Brady, six for Bill Belichick. You cannot dispute it anymore. You can discredit the performance of Tom Brady. Nonetheless, the New England Patriots are still the best team in the world. The Patriots do it again. New England 13-3 over the LA Rams. And I got to be honest with you because I saw a lot of this while I was watching the game and seeing some of the commentary on social media I'm gonna paint a picture for you all right so just gonna paint this picture for you and I'm gonna put you in the scene of the crime and I want you to feel like this is a this is what your life is imagine this is your world so imagine you spent five months with a vegan all right just think about that not to take a shot at a vegan but just imagine you spent five months with a vegan and every time you guys went out to eat, it was a vegan restaurant. If you weren't vegan, wouldn't you get kind of tired of that? Even if you were vegan, at some point, don't you go, you know what? Can I get like, uh, I don't know, like bacon bits or something on my salad? Like anything at all. Like, would you get kind of tired of it, right? I'm talking like five months. Every time you went out to eat, it was a vegan restaurant. Better yet, what if you finally did get to pick the place? And the other person who got their way for five months bitched about it. How annoyed would you be? I mean, think about it. You finally get a cheeseburger after months of salad and zucchini pasta, and they're complaining. They're not happy about it. They had had it their way for five straight months. They had their food at their time, at their restaurant, at their convenience and their leisure for five months. Finally, you get one of your own after five months of vegan food and they're bitching about it that's how i feel right now honest to god like that's how i feel right now and that's how i felt watching that game on sunday the super bowl between the patriots and the rams because i gotta be honest with you for five months i had to deal with the constant conversation about offense in the nfl For five months, I had to hear about what a different time it is and how much better the league is, and it's a different time, Aaron, and and different stats, and, and this means more, and quarterbacks are this, and this. Like, I had to deal with that for five months. Five months, I had to listen to it. You vegans raved about the new NFL. You love the new NFL. Oh, my God. It's it's an up-and-down passing league. Did you see 105 points scored on Monday Night Football? Nobody can stop anybody anymore. It's like a video game. Everything's fantasy football. Like, I heard about it for months. You bragged about the changing of the guard. Gone are the days of running the football and playing defense. Those days are long gone. If you don't have a quarterback and you don't have an aerial attack, you can't compete in the NFL anymore. I heard that for months. And for all the marbles, in the biggest game of the season in the new NFL, the quote-unquote new NFL defense rises from the grave to take back its league, and I loved it. Round of applause for defense, who made an appearance for one of the few times all season long in the biggest game of the year. Defense rose up, grabbed its crotch, and said, F you, this is still our league, and when it matters and when it counts, we're taking this sport back. I grew up on 13-3 games. That's what I was raised on, man. If you grew up watching NFC Central football back in the day, I've talked about this before, 13-3, that was a shootout. Are you kidding? Bears-Bucks, Bears-Packers at Lambeau, uh, Vikings-Packers, Vikings-Buccaneers. Uh, like, that was a shootout. Lions-Buccaneers, like, those were shootouts back in the day. 13-3, that was the norm. Run the ball, play defense, control the clock, try and win the game. So I grew up on that. So look, I I embraced it. I embraced the offensive era of football, this new league everybody talked about. I let you vegans have your celery hot dogs and your pickle twinkies for 5 months. And finally we got a fat ass steak and you guys bitched about it. All game on Twitter, you bitched about it. Oh gosh. What else is on TV? What else is out there we can turn on to try and see? This this game is terrible. Is there anything? What, you can't just deal with the fact that you didn't get it your way for one week? You can't just let us defensive-minded guys enjoy what we were getting to see? Quarterback struggling, pressure in the pocket, great defensive game plans. And all of this, might I add, inside a dome where I was told offense is going to be what rules the day. I mean, watch that game from the start. It was evident early on that New England was going to be able to move the football. But unless they were able to get enough yardage to get somebody, to get Goskowski within field goal range, and once he missed that first kick, you just kind of had a feeling that this wasn't going to be a shootout. This wasn't going to be like what you got on Monday Night Football a few months back. This wasn't going to be 54-51. It's not happening. This wasn't even going to be New England-Kansas City two weeks ago. It just wasn't happening. So if you were watching that game, it was clear... Evident to me early on that it was going to be all about defense. Tom Brady's first pass of the game was an interception. If that wasn't a telltale sign that this was a different football game than you were watching all year long, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, what did you want? Sleep through the first half? Wait for that crummy performance by uh, Turquoise 5 or whatever they call them? And then hope that the second half exploded? There was no shot. Congratulations to everybody that had three and three in their Super Bowl squares. You're a big winner. You know who else is a big winner? Guys like me who like defense. Not you vegans who are cheering for offense the whole year long. I need instant gratification. I've got to have an 80-yard touchdown, because if I don't, and if it takes longer than four plays, I won't pay attention. Go take a walk then. Watch the NBA, go waste your time on a couple of bogus trade rumors and a bunch of divas who like an Instagram post. That's the league for you. But what we got on Sunday was all defense, and I could not get enough. I heard complaints for three hours. I saw them for three hours. You know how devastated Tony Romo was that it wasn't a shootout? Tony Romo, you could just feel it in his voice. You could feel it in his bones. All he wanted was for a bunch of exciting, big time plays so he could look like Dick Vitale Light in a big time broadcast and get excitable and scream and make a bunch of noises and hope everybody says, man, that Tony Rome was a hell of a broadcaster. Instead, I got a great game and he stunk. It was perfect. That was perfect. And might I remind you guys, for everybody complaining about how this game panned out and what we got in the Super Bowl, might I remind you, it's the last football game we're getting for about seven months, okay? We are just a couple of months away from you having to sit through Troy versus Duquesne in the NIT just because there's nothing else going on. So this is what you got. Embrace it. I had to embrace offensive football for five months. You could sit through for three and a half hours and watch the greatest coach of all time and the greatest quarterback of all time win another Super Bowl. There are worse things in life, all right. There are worse things to be dealt when watching sports. You know, like college basketball for the next month before we get to the NCAA tournament. That's what you're going to be stuck with. You know, like a The LeBron James Lakers, you know, that guy who's missed almost a quarter of the season. I mean, come on. Last football game for seven months, all you guys did was complain about it. If you complained about the lack of points in that game, you are ungrateful and you don't appreciate the sport. And because of that, I'm glad the sport's not here for seven months because you're going to start whining about it in about, I would say, early May when you realize... Let's see. Is there anything on Cinco de Mayo? No, I don't speak Spanish. Uh, let's see. all uh, the baseballs, uh, the expos are going. Uh, go. Yeah, I don't know any of these teams. Uh, Bryce Harper is probably still a free agent by then. Uh, what's on the NFL Network? Oh, that's right. We didn't enjoy it while we had it. Tough balls. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. We are brought to you by Discover. Get your free credit scorecard today, even if you're not a Discover customer. It includes your FICO credit score, and checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. Up next, here on Fox Sports Radio. Listen, it had to be done. I'm sorry. It had to be done. You cannot let the tree huggers, you can't let the vegans rule the world. All right? Just carve into a nice fat ass steak and enjoy what the Super Bowl gave you. It was glorious. 16 total points. I couldn't get enough. I could watch that every single week. That's a headline. Damn straight. All right. Uh, coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio, there is a. Uh, you. If you are one of these people, all right, if you are one of these people, I'm going to tell you why you are dead wrong. Okay, because there's some people out there that are trying to put a positive spin on what we saw on Sunday night regarding one major aspect of the game. I'm going to tell you why you're dead wrong. That's next here on FSR. But for all the latest from around the world of sports, um, open up your ears, roll out that red carpet that is the sound on your dial or your phone and make way for the great, for the powerful, for the wonderful
6: Steven DeSager. Good evening to you, Patriots. Thirteen-three over the Rams. The final Jonas, you mentioned those who had maybe three three in the squares pool in their office. I had 3-1. I was rooting for that rouge all night. I was so close. You know, the Patriots had a 6th rounder at quarterback and a 7th rounder at wide receiver, and they win yet another Super Bowl, and that wide receiver, Julian Edelman, is the Super Bowl MVP. 10 receptions, 141 yards. As our friend, former NFL scout Daniel Jeremiah said, experience matters, and we saw it so often in this game tonight. As Sean McVay said, it hurts because he saw his defense so well, and he personally feels like he let the Rams down. In fact, it was the worst offensive performance in the two years of a normally great Rams offense under the young head coach, McVay. And Jared Goff certainly wore it in the postgame locker room, as that was a disappointing effort to say the least for the team. And Goff threw an interception with about four minutes left, picked off down inside the five by Stephon Gilmore, Patriots 13-3 the final in the lowest-scoring Super Bowl in history, (sighs) just 16 points total, and it was 3-3 going to the fourth quarter. Back in 1973, the undefeated Miami Dolphins won a 14-7 game over Washington in Super Bowl seven. And how about this? The Raiders reportedly reached a deal with the San Francisco Giants to play their home games at that ballpark next season. No announcement until, they say, this week. But even then, the league and the 49ers still have to approve so it's not exactly written in pen quite yet. Now Patriots assistant Brian Flores will fly to Miami tomorrow morning to finalize a deal to become the Dolphins' new head coach. Rams assistant Zach Taylor, after this incredible offensive performance, will fly to Cincinnati tomorrow and become the Bengals' new head coach. In the NBA, Boston won its fourth straight. The Celtics have won 9 of 10. They beat Oklahoma City 134-129. to Memphis sent the Knicks to a 13-straight loss. Toronto bounced the Clippers. College wins for Villanova and Purdue. Ricky Fowler was the golf winner in Scottsdale despite a final round 74. Join us back in 10 seconds, but first, a word from Farmers.
7: From a dog accidentally flooding a living room to a dog taking a joyride, we've covered it. Talk to Farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We
8: are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by farmers, truck, fire insurance, exchanges, and affiliates. Products not available in every state.
6: The Patriots' 10-point win tonight, including the late field goal, was actually their largest margin of victory in a Super Bowl. (laughs) Julian Edelman, Super Bowl MVP, first wide receiver to win Super Bowl MVP since a decade ago when Santonio Holmes in Pittsburgh won the big game. Jonas, back to you.
4: Thanks, Steve. We are coming to you live here uh, at Fox Sports Radio. Close call there. Uh, Coming to you live here at Fox Sports Radio as we uh, navigate through uh, many of the hurdles that have been presented to us uh, during the course of this show. Um, Coming up in about 15 minutes from now here on FSR, a sad truth. All right, It's a reality. Okay, it's a reality and a sad one for one of the teams that participated in Super Bowl 53 earlier tonight. We'll get to that here uh, coming up in about 12 minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio. Right now, though, we are going live to Atlanta. You hear this man all over the air at Fox Sports Radio. He is a Fox Sports Radio host. He's an anchor. He is a reporter. He is also a witness of the shootout we got to see in Atlanta, Dan Byer. My man.
9: Jonas, you know, Mercedes-Benz Stadium prides itself on being green. And tonight the scoreboard uh, emitted 50% less output than any of the other previous Super Bowls. (laughs) Because of the lack of stats and scores in this game. So, so the energy they saved by having no one score, uh, set a set of record, and where else but the greenest stadium in the NFL?
4: I mean, Dan, I was saying this earlier. First of all, I loved it. You know me. I grew up on NFC Central football. Okay, you, you remember those days, Dan. Dan, you remember those sure. days. 13 3 between uh, uh, the Bears and the Bucks when Brad sure. Muster is the leading rusher. That's a shootout. Yeah. That was a if shootout.
9: If they can get in Igwe Blikwe's range, oh,
4: the ball be right in this. You know, I, I'm telling I you, man. Mean, Eric Rhett running for 14 yards, and it was like the biggest <laughs> play of the game. And they were breaking it down on prime time afterwards. I mean, this, th- this was this was NFC Central football at its best. I I thought it was glorious. I didn't mind
9: it at all. It was it was interesting because there were so many Patriot fans here, and because it's a Super Bowl. To be perfectly honest, the crowd still had a lot to cheer about because it was so one sided with New England every time the Rams punted, which was quite a bit. The Patriots fans were cheering. So energy wise and noise wise it never got it never got stale. Now the play on the field Maybe some didn't like it and some were looking to to turn other places, but I can see at least at the stadium with the number of Patriots fans that were here and for the amount of stops that they constantly gotten. Honestly, they had the ball for the, uh, you know, a good portion of the first half. And when they were moving it, they were also cheering. So at least you got that sort of energy, but I can understand how you're sitting at home and you want to see some action. I don't know how much it carried on for. The uh, fan base, at least for them knowing that their team was uh, ahead in the game being the Patriots fans because there were tons of Patriot fans but it probably just wasn't as bad as sitting at home like many of the many of the listeners have had to deal with tonight
4: uh, he is Dan Byer Fox Sports radio host and reporter mm-hmm. he is live in Atlanta he was there for Super Bowl 53 uh, the New England Patriots a 13-3 win over the LA Rams you've covered a lot of these Super Bowls how many how many Patriot Super Bowl wins have you seen? Uh-huh.
8: Um,
9: I have seen five of them. Jeez. No, 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 four of them, four of them. Actually, you know what, now that I think about it, let's see. No, it would have only been three. Yeah, because they, yeah, it would have been three. I was thinking I was going back from their six wins, didn't see 36, didn't see 38, didn't see 39, so it would have been, it would have been three. I mean, yeah.
4: it, call me call me crazy, but it, it felt like they enjoyed this one more than the others. Almost like the, the whole narrative about, oh, you think we're done, you think we're underdogs, we're this, we're that. They seemed really, really satisfied with this one afterwards. And I'm just wondering, did it feel like that in the, in the stadium when the final whistle went off?
9: Yeah, I think you got that message as well. And I thought it would be more honestly from – this team losing last year. Like, that, they would have that feeling of wanting to come back and have redemption in a game where, you know, they never punted a euro ago against Philadelphia and still lost the game. But it wasn't about that at, at all. And, and honestly, I think the Patriots fans have, have got it, like, confused and it's very misconstrued. It's if They they use this chip on their shoulder of, you know, nobody thought we could get here, we're the underdogs. No, everybody thinks you can get there. They just don't want you there. <laughs> and that's why there's so much angst towards them. That It's not that everybody knows what they do when they get there. People have forgotten that they lost last year. They still hate them so much. That's where it all comes from. So I think they're totally missing the message that everybody is sending. It's like, no, it's not that we think less of you. We just don't like you. And that's the message that the Patriots should probably use or realize because this underdog stuff, what? Heck, it moved to, what, two and a half, three points, whatever, like, at game time. Everybody knew the outcome. You know the outcome in Kansas City. So uh, I, that excuse is, is is bogus to me.
4: Uh, Julian Edelman was MVP. He deserved it. He was the best player on the field, in my opinion. Um, the conversation started afterwards, and it becomes, I think, more of a real conversation now. Is he a Hall of Famer?
9: Uh, no. That's why you retire jerseys as teams. Like, like Like, if you had a draft, would you take Chris Carter... After Julian, or would you take Julian Edelman? You know, uh, before Chris Carter? No, you wouldn't. Well, if it meant
4: if it meant saving uh, the legitimacy of my question, I would say I take Edelman.
9: (laughs) 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 No, because a lot of people are saying, "Hey, Hall of Fame! He's not even the best Patriot slot receiver in history. That's (laughs) Wes Welker." You know, so like that's why that's why you retire numbers for teams. That's why you put them in the the Ring of Fame and and the the Ring of Honor. Those are the reasons why. Hey, listen. There's nothing. There's no denying his importance and how much Tom Brady relies on him. But the point is, is when you're talking about Hall of Fame receivers, imagine if Julian Edelman got in the same amount of the time that Terrell Owens had to wait. Could you imagine? To like think about that. Like it's it's absurd. I mean, it's, it's people are victims of the moment. They see what they see. You know, they forget about the four game ban. They, you know, they forget about other things. Just, it's they're a victim of the circumstance and of the moment. That's why this conversation. I I, I can't believe that people are actually honestly having it if it was any other day but Super Bowl Sunday.
4: Uh, he is Dan Byer, Fox Sports Radio host, reporter, live from Atlanta. Super Bowl fifty three, Patriots beat the Rams thirteen to three. Um, so one of so just a little behind the scenes here. Dan and I, two of our favorite things uh, to do together. One of them is get wings. Uh, we love to get wings uh, whenever we are traveling together. We always find a place that's got wings. The other is mocking hot takes in sports radio on Twitter. <laughs> so, Dan, I think you already kind of gave your answer with the Julian Edelman hot take of Izzy, a Hall of Famer. But what is the hot take that you are expecting outside of that following this game on Monday morning?
9: <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. That is the <laughs> that is the hottest of, of hot that I saw Because I saw a couple people, you know, tweeting that and saying as much. And I just... I it blew my mind. I'm, there's got to be something. That, I'm not a believer in Jared Goff, and so i you know I think that there's there's something to that. Um, I'm not sure. There's got to be something with Todd Gurley. There's got to be something like juicy, like you know, coming out of why Todd Gurley really didn't play. But I, the, the, the hottest of hot takes has got to be that and and something or with Edelman and something with Todd Gurley. I haven't thought about it, but the Edelman stuff, like going through the through the uh, through the game, I was like, "Jeez, this is let's slow it down." I was almost hoping Sonny Michelle would rip off a ninety-yard touchdown just so he'd win the MVP. So we wouldn't have that discussion.
4: Now, Dan, I don't know if you saw this. I put a poll out on Twitter. Um, and Now you were at the game, so it would be unfair for you to vote on this for one half of the poll. But I, I'll I put vote right it, now. Yeah, I said uh, who has been worse, Tony Romo or Maroon Five? <laughs> now, okay. Now, Maroon Five won the the poll. It, by 82%, 82 to 18, it was a landslide. Uh, the precincts uh, were reporting early that Maroon 5 was going to win. You were there in person. Just how bad was Maroon 5?
9: Well, I can say this. I have, they give you an earpiece when you come to the Super Bowl where you can listen to the radio or the TV broadcast. I listened to the TV broadcast, and I did think that Tony Romo was better than Maroon 5 because I did go to the bathroom during the halftime show. So <laughs> that usually doesn't happen. I left that everybody was like, Big Boy came out. I had no idea that, that <laughs> happened because I was in the John at the time. Oh so, man. But uh, but as as if you wanted me to like think of a reason, you know, for to, to say Maroon Five was worth, I would probably have to say I don't have a reason. (laughs) uh, It's so bad.
4: It's so bad. It's like uh, it's like uh, George Michael getting kicked in the nuts trying to hit a high note. (laughs) It's
9: terrible. Oh, That's my guy. I know. It's my guy too. I love George Michael,
4: but (laughs) but Adam Levine
9: stinks. (laughs) (laughs) Some some of the songs are catchy, but they here is the deal: is at halftime they play like. They play some of the songs from Maroon Five to get everybody in the mood for it all. And as soon as they played the two that I thought were all right, I'm like, "Well, they're not playing these. They've already played them." <laughs> oh, <laughs> was off that's to amazing. The
4: that's amazing. He is Dan Byer. You can get him on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox, Fox Sports Radio oh. host and reporter. Yeah. Live hmm, from Atlanta. By the way,
9: how good was Travis Scott? I actually don't know either. Yeah, so was, I can't was, even tell
4: you. I was like, someone <laughs> said you Travis Scott's on, and I was like. What is he? Is he uh, a, a defensive back? What is I don't get it. Who the hell is Travis Scott? What, Why
9: am I supposed to when are, when are rappers taking radio names? You know, because they can't <laughs> no pronounce your last name. Yeah, so, no like, kidding. you your first and middle, and that's your new radio name. Oh, man.
4: Uh, Dan, uh, have a safe flight home. Uh, get, get one last stop for barbecue while you're down south. Uh, get some wings <laughs> and, uh, and enjoy it. A hell of a job. And uh, Dan will be back on the air this week on Fox Sports Radio. All right, thanks, Jonas. There he is, uh, Dan Byer. Get him on Twitter, at Dan Beyer on Fox. All right, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. A sad, sad reality for one half of the Super Bowl. I'll tell you what that is next here on FSR.
7: From a hot air balloon landing on a car to a load of concrete falling on one, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We
8: are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by farmers, truck, fire insurance, exchanges, and affiliates. Products not available in every state.
4: Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Coming up in uh, less than 10 minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio, it's going to be a real painful admission for many people out there, a really, really painful admission Because a lot of you are hypocrites if you were criticizing one aspect of the game. Not the scoring. We've addressed that, and we will touch on that later on. The scoring, which I thought was glorious, but something else. Somebody's performance you were critical of. And if so, you're a hypocrite. So we'll get to that here uh, coming up 10 minutes from now uh, here on Fox Sports Radio. Guy writes in and goes, you're the Maroon 5 of sports radio hosts. Deuce should be banned from the airwaves. You failed Skip Bayless clone. Hi, mom. That's a headline. <laughs> what <should> I do? <laughs> Come on. Um, Light me on fire yeah. with no hose, or a hose, preferably. Um, we talking about fires? All right. Uh, by the way, let's listen to Sean McVay, a very, uh, very humble and uh, very heartbroken Sean McVeigh post Super Bowl loss. I'm
3: pretty numb right now, but definitely I got out-coached, and I didn't do nearly good enough for a football team. You know, the thing that's so tough about all of this is that, you know, the finality to it. You know, usually when you get a chance, if, if you go through some adversity, you can bounce back right away. This one's going to stick with you and just stings in your gut. And like I said, I'm still kind of numb right now. But I have so much love for these players and these coaches, and that's where, you know, it eats at you because you feel like you didn't do your part to help them.
4: Um, I'll give him credit for this. He's always taken accountability. He, it's kind of like Andy Reid. Andy Reid is always known for the famous quote, it's my responsibility. Now that's, that's his go-to line every time there's a loss. You know, it's my responsibility. And um, Sean McVay has always been that guy, and that's why players respond to him, and that's why players enjoy playing for him. But there were times during the course of the last couple of games where you did look at it and go, well, that's a curious decision. Or, um, well, why'd you do that there? And the fact of the matter is, the offense was not the offense we saw earlier in the season. And once they got a beating from the Chicago Bears on Sunday Night Football. They sputtered. They didn't look the same. Uh, they looked really good against the Dallas Cowboys, but it wasn't this aerial attack. We still got to wait to see what's happening with Todd Gurley. And it just goes back to something I always say. You can talk all you want and try and make yourself better, better, feel better all you want if you're a Rams fan and say, oh, don't worry about it. The future's bright. Well, the future may be bright, but bright doesn't mean you're going to win a Super Bowl. So when you get down to these moments, you've got to win them. And Sean McVay, this is going to be a regrettable game for Sean McVay, and it's going to eat at him for a long, long time. And you hope he can learn from it, and you hope he can come back and, and be a better coach and, and have more success in the playoffs moving forward. But let's not ignore the fact that this was a swing for the fences offseason for the Rams. They had a lot of guys come in on a lot of short-term deals while they still had their quarterback on his rookie deal. This was their opportunity, and they squandered it. I want to let you know when car shopping for car insurance, consider this. GEICO's been saving people money on car insurance for over 75 years, so if you're serious about savings, it's simple. Go to GEICO.com. After 75 years, they know how to save you money. Uh, my guy One Neck Two change writes in on Twitter, Today's game was like that bootleg-ass McRib sandwich that they sell at Speedway for $2, $2 for $3 with no barbecue sauce and one pickle. It's kind of like this show next. So there are many of you out there who I think are going to be exposed as hypocrites if you try and go down one avenue regarding what we watched at Super Bowl 53 on Sunday. I'll explain what that is coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, You can always check out the show on the iHeartRadio app and wherever you are taking part in the program. We always appreciate a few minutes of your time as we come to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Uh, Brady Quinn normally does this show on Sunday nights with me, not in this time slot, but a little bit earlier. Uh, Brady is actually covering Super Bowl 53, still doing work in Atlanta, so he will not be able to pop on with us here uh, uh, during the course of the show. Um, So if you would like to find out the latest on Brady Quinn, he set some sort of a world record on Sunday. Apparently he was uh, Jarvis Landry and him were trying to make uh, more one-handed catches than in a certain amount of time than anybody else. Uh, let's go live to our Guinness Book of World Records insider when it comes to Brady Quinn and busting his balls on social media. Insider Eric Roberts. Roberts, what was the length of time that Jarvis Landry um, and had to catch those passes? I'm pretty passes? sure it was a minute,
3: and I think they had to do more than 45. And off the top of my head, I think they did 48.
4: Yeah, they did 48. Now yep. I texted Brady, and um, let's. In fact, you know what? We'll go around the room here. All right, we'll go around the room to see what you guys think his response was. Uh, I texted Brady about the 48, right? What do you think his response to me was in regards to the number 48 that they put up, the 48 catches they put up? How do you think he responded with that? Let's start with Eric Roberts. Roberts, what do you think Brady said?
3: Uh, I I feel like he might have turned it around on Jarvis and could have been like, should have been 50.
4: Okay. Uh, Bobo, uh, what do you think Brady said?
5: Uh, You know, I'm just saying uh, (laughs) kind of a light (laughs) day. You know, it wasn't warmed up yet. Could have did a little more, but you know, we got it. Who, the, who the hell is that? I don't know. It's a bad interpretation of him. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Who
4: was that? <laughs> I'm trying to think what like horse voiced uh, coach that was. Uh, that you, was that John Fox. Were yes. you doing a
5: John Fox there? Oh, Sean McVay. Um, the, the, the audio. We just oh, played. okay,
4: Sean McVay. Uh, Steve Desager. What do you think Brady's response was to me after ke- making the uh, 48 catches? Uh, and we'll, we'll get. To, we can get Steve's. Uh, Steve's answer to this maybe later on. Uh, first, yeah, Steve DeSager, who is uh, currently, he is calculating what he figures uh, Brady Quinn's response was. Um, Steve DeSager, um, uh, the uh, the voice of Fox Sports Radio, yep. uh, Steve DeSager. What do you think? So Brady Quinn set a record. Him and Jarvis Landry caught four, he threw 48 passes to Jarvis Landry. He caught 48 in under a minute. It's on all over social media. Well, Does that's impressive, us, but, right? Yeah. What do you think Brady's response was to that? We're going around the room to see who got it right.
6: Response to setting the
4: record? Yeah, when I asked him about it.
6: Uh, he probably nonchalanted it Okay, publicly.
4: Now, two of you are correct. Those two are Eric Roberts and Steve DeSager, because Brady's response to me was, a little more practice, probably could have done 52. Okay, man. He is such a meathead. Uh, he is such a meathead. Ain't that what I said, too? Yeah, but you did it in the horse voice, and I, I couldn't really, it kind of threw me off a little bit. Like, I I lost I lost focus of the content, and your voice just really carried it. It's like Romo.
5: It's like Tony Romo. Just starting to, you know what? I'm not even gonna go there with this joke. I'm gonna leave it alone right now.
4: I would In fact, I wouldn't go anywhere near me with the BO I got right now. Yeah, I'm not. I
5: don't know what it I'm is? Not. This shirt really
4: absorbs nothing. Were you That's at a party
6: tonight on your way into the show tonight, way? Yeah, then?
4: it was a party on the 101. It was a really good. It was a blast. <laughs> oh man, lot, you was turned up there. Oh, it was lit. My God. A lot of fun, a road race to the extreme. Uh, all right, so there's that. So Brady Quinn is not with us, but if you'd like to give him a hard time, you can do so on social media and watch him and Jarvis Landry embrace and uh, get everybody here jealous, specifically me. Um, okay.
5: So we oh, got to get into this. Question. Yes, yes. Did buddy. you guys at least hang out while you were in Atlanta? Oh yeah, a bunch. Okay.
4: Yeah, a bunch. Um, mature content the entire time. Uh, let okay. me just. It was basically this show, but off air. <laughs> <laughs> so you can guess uh, what the conversations were about. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> Matt, I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, well, you know, you gotta be, uh, you gotta be careful. Um, but um, okay, so here, here's a situation. Now, I, am not trying to point fingers. That's the last thing I want to do. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad about themselves. That's not who I am as a person. Well, not all the time. That's so. I, I'm not, I don't want that to come across here. But we need to have this conversation because I was pointing out that many of you were complaining about the scoring in this game. A lot of people didn't like the Super Bowl. 13-3. to We want more points. This is boring. What else is on TV? Blah, 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 blah. Crying, complaining, bitching, moaning. We saw it. It was all over social media for three hours. And I said, look, I'm good with it. I grew up on 13-3 games. I'm okay with it. I got no issue with the low-scoring game. In fact, I could watch that every single week and have no problem with it at all. And I also acknowledge the fact that Football is gone for about seven months. So enjoy it while it's there. Figure out a way to get happy, make the most of it, and stop your complaining. All right? Don't be so ungrateful. You've been given a lot of great games in the NFL, not only in the Super Bowl, but all season long. So this one wasn't a spectacular football game, but I've seen much worse games. I was totally okay with it. So for those of you complaining, shut up. Enough's enough. Get it together. You're going to really regret not embracing it more while you had it because it's gone for six, seven months. But then there's this other sort of narrative that's coming around. And it's, well, you know, it's not like they won that game because of Tom Brady. It's not like he played well. And you're right. Tom Brady didn't play well. He did not play a good football game. He was not good. He was not sharp. He was not accurate. No doubt about it. Wade Phillips has something on Tom Brady. He knows how to scheme a defense with Tom Brady. Wade Phillips does a really good job. He had guys in his face, guys around his feet, had Tom Brady a little uh, sketchy in the pocket from time to time, and that was not normal this playoff, see, in this playoff run. Tom Brady had not been sacked. Kansas City couldn't get to him. The Chargers couldn't get to him. But Wade Phillips figured out a way to get to him, and Tom Brady did not play well. In fact, no quarterback played well in this game. Jared Goff didn't play well. There's a lot of people out there that are saying, Jared Goff is not a big-game quarterback. Jared Goff's not this. Stop. Jared Goff outplayed Drew Brees in the NFC title game. No, they got in because there was that bad no-call. You know, the hit was late. Go away. You act like that single-handedly won the game. There were multiple opportunities for New Orleans to close that game out, to tack on points early, to not make bad uh, decisions uh, when when calling plays by Sean Payton late. Um, uh, you had the ball first in overtime. There were a ton of opportunities for New Orleans. They butchered that game. Bottom line, Jared Goff outplayed Drew Brees late in that game. He was the better quarterback. So don't give me the, well, he came up small in a big game. Bill Belichick is a mastermind. He was ready. He was prepared. He was watching the Rams all season long. Sean McVay talked about it during the week. Bill Belichick had been texting him, giving him compliments. Telling him how great the offense is, Belichick had his eye on the Rams all season long. It's why he's the best. No stone is left unturned, and he did it again. So Jared Goff didn't play well. It's not a referendum on his career. He's had a great start to his career, and now you see how it progresses moving forward. So Tom Brady didn't play well. Jared Goff didn't play well. The other quarterback who didn't perform well, uh, that guy would be Tony Romo. <laughs> Sorry, uh, you know, it, it just it it's got to be said, and uh, and and you can uh, you can say that that I'm just being uh, negative about it all you want, but I refuse to let the masses steer me in one direction or the other. I choose to come up with my own theories and formulate my own theories, and I pretty much gave up on insight from Tony Romo uh, during the course of the game when Tony Romo, while the Rams are down 3-0 and under two minutes to go in the first quarter says, Jim, the Rams got him right where they want him. This is exactly the game they want to play. Right, Tony, because an offensive team with an offensive genius as a head coach built on offense and one of the greatest minds in all of football that we've seen in years and years really wants to have zero points with a minute 57 left to go in the first half. Okay, all right, you got it. You got me. Okay, well, but Tony Romo's the greatest uh, analyst of all time because he predicts plays.
9: Romosexual.
4: Come on, man. He had a bad game. All right? He had a bad game. He was hoping for big plays so he could get loud and make a lot of noises and like, uh, 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 like this crap. I mean, come on. He had a bad game. So every quarterback had a bad performance. But for Tom Brady, the haters are going to use it against him. Now, you know who the haters are. Now, first of all, the one hater, and and this hurts, because I love this man. Rob Parker, Fox Sports Radio host, there's not a bigger Patriots hater than Rob Parker. Okay. Rob Parker is such a Patriots hater that Rob Parker at Radio Row in Atlanta went on a local Boston station for one hour and fielded calls from Patriots fans ripping him on the air. That's how much of a hater he is. Rob Parker had Patriots fans inside Radio Row in Atlanta following him around, heckling him while everybody else is trying to do a professional broadcast. Rob Parker, like he's a professional wrestler, is walking around Radio Row and people are screaming at the top of their lungs while they're wearing their Tom Brady jersey. So I love Rob Parker, but he's a hater. And I can already tell you where this is going to go. He's going to use this against Tom Brady. Right. This is going to be used against Tom Brady because people are going to look at this and they're going to say, well, I mean, you could say Brady's got six Super Bowls, but you know what? I mean, it's not like they won this because of him. They won this because of their defense. Okay, if we're going to play that game and you're going to discredit Tom Brady for his performance in this Super Bowl win, then you better discredit Ben Roethlisberger for his first Super Bowl win, and you better discredit Peyton Manning for his second Super Bowl win. Because Ben Roethlisberger was not good against the Seattle Seahawks in his Super Bowl. In fact, he was closer to putrid than he was good in that Super Bowl. And there's a lot of people who feel that if not for a couple of awful calls by the officials, Seattle wins that Super Bowl. And Peyton Manning, in his second Super Bowl win, final game of his career, if you're going to count that as a Super Bowl win for Peyton Manning... Okay, I'm willing to concede that one, but let's be honest. Peyton Manning didn't look like the Peyton Manning that's going to go to the Hall of Fame in a couple of years from now. He looked like the guy from Weekend at Bernie's in that game. He was terrible. Could barely throw the football. So if we're going to do this whole thing, well, he doesn't deserve it because he didn't do a lot in that game. We're going to play that game. Then let's go through the annals of NFL history and really play that game. Tom Brady has won six Super Bowls. He's the greatest of all time. If you dispute it, that's fine. But if you're just disputing it because you're a hater and you can't acknowledge the fact that he's got the numbers, he's got the performances, and he's far and away better than everybody else, then you're just being a hater. Yeah, but he didn't play well in this game, so clearly age is catching up with him. Okay, but let's not forget that Tom Brady's defense completely let him down last year. He threw for over 500 yards in that Super Bowl. They didn't lose last year because of Tom Brady. He was brilliant. They lost because their defense let him down. So that defense that played their balls off on Sunday night, they owed him one. Tom Brady was owed one. And guess what? They paid him back. They totally outclassed the Rams' offensive line. They totally outclassed the wide receivers down the field. And they totally outclassed and intimidated Jared Goff. And Bill Belichick totally outcoached Sean McVay. Sean McVay said it himself after the game. So you can try and discredit Brady all you want, and you can keep going down that road. But if we're going to go down that road, let's really go down that road. Because there's several other Super Bowls you can look at and say, well, that guy doesn't deserve it because he didn't play that well. Tom Brady's defense was atrocious a year ago. They let him down. They returned the favor this time. He's still got six Super Bowls. He's still the greatest of all time. If you're hating, keep on hating, but it's a waste of time. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, you can uh, get me on Twitter at the Jonas Knox. Can't wait to see what those uh, positive comments are like. Uh, coming up next here on FSR. It's one of the more bizarre stories all throughout the course of this playoff run. And now we wait and see what the hell is going on. Find out who we're talking about next here on Fox sports radio.
3: Terms and conditions apply.
7: From a car landing on a roof to a car landing in a pool, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two.
8: We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by farmers, truck, fire insurance, exchanges, and affiliates. Products not available in every state.
4: Sounds like the crap they play in Abercrombie. You ever walk into an Abercrombie? You're like, what is this, a rave? Like glow sticks and, and way too much cologne through the uh, vents. Seriously. <laughs> Come on, Bubba. You wear Abercrombie.
5: No, I don't actually. Yeah, I don't either.
0: <laughs> God.
4: Uh,
5: I, I walk in that store and i be like, yeah, it's kind of dark in here. I'm uh, going to leave.
4: Yeah, it's really weird, man. It's like going into a library with no books and the mannequins look real. <laughs> it's, very, it's very strange. There's something about the mannequins in an Abercrombie that are very bizarre.
5: Yeah, um, I, I walked in. I wanted a shirt and I was like. Yeah, this just is weird. The the vibe and the setting was not 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 comfortable.
4: Yeah, do you have anything that doesn't say AF on it? How about that?
5: Nope, they Maybe don't. Just,
4: yeah, just one thing that says AF. All right. Uh Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. Um, so we are uh we are blessed. Cause it listen, you run across a lot of people in this industry and you meet a lot of great people and uh and wonderful human beings in this industry. And then you run across Brady Quinn. And so Brady Quinn is with us here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, He normally does this show with us, but he's uh, got other duties uh, working the Super Bowl in Atlanta. The Super Bowl is finished. Uh, Brady, before we get to the Super Bowl, we were talking earlier about your world record performance on Sunday. You and Jarvis Landry are now a part of history. Uh, Just a phenomenal job. As you guys, what was it, in a minute, 48 one-handed catches in a minute, you and Jarvis Landry?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, really, it's, it's his record, though, Jonas. It's not mine. I was just kind of there to facilitate him being able to make the 48 catches and in, in, in one-handed catches in a minute.
4: You can't have one without the other. Look, if, if a pitcher throws a perfect game, the catcher still had to do something right, right? You know, so, Right, it,
2: right. I'm just, I'm just letting you know how the Guinness Book of World Records looks at it. So I'm not a part of it. Like Jarvis Landry gets the plaque. I was just there to help him get it.
4: Well, somebody takes a suit. Do you see Kirk Cousins on Twitter? Kirk Cousins uh, tweeted at uh, Antonio Brown and said, oh, that used to be our record. Looks like we're going to have to go take it back. Um, somebody should remind uh, Kirk Cousins that he better hope this competition doesn't take place on like a Monday night or a Sunday night because uh, probably won't break that record. <laughs> You know what I mean?
2: I, I would, I would, I would think if I was playing quarterback in the NFL, I'd probably be thinking about other things. <laughs> no kidding. You know? Yeah, maybe, no kidding. Maybe outside of a, uh, a one-handed challenge, that again, <laughs> it's not, it's not the quarterback's record. It's actually the wide receiver's record. <laughs> They're the one that has to catch the football with one hand. So oh, uh, I, I'm not trying to take any credit at all for it because just as much as, as, as you know, I helped Jarvis, so did the guy who was like setting up the ball for me. Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's a big part of it, too, because otherwise that is not going to happen in real time.
4: Uh, Brady Quinn, Fox Sports Radio host, Fox NFL college football analyst joining us here on FSR. All right, so I was talking about this. There's a lot of people complaining about how boring of a football game it was, and it was a bad football game, and to me, they're just spoiled. We're not going to have football for seven months. We should embrace it while we got it. I get it. It was a defensive game. I love defensive football games. I was okay with it, and I thought there was a lot of good – Football being played on the defensive side in that game. What was your takeaway?
2: Yeah, I thought there was at times some good football being played. I think more so on the Patriots side, at least defensively speaking. I mean, you seemed to have be Bill Belichick and Brian Forrest, their defensive coordinator. I guess I should say he's now going to be the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. But, um, you know, they were always one step ahead of Sean McVay. <clears throat> it seemed like that was made possible because, you know, basically the Rams played at two personnel groups, they played out of, out of 11 out of 12. And what that basically means is they play out of three wide receiver sets and then two tight ends, two, two wide receiver sets. And when you only play out of two personnel groupings like that, it then allows the defense to focus in on what you do from each formation, from each split, and then be able to pattern match and basically be able to anticipate what you're going to do. And I thought the New England Patriots did a, a much better job of that because of how limited Sean McVay and their offense is with, with the different personnel groupings they use, so that was part of it. And then just the way they mixed up their rush. I mean, Dante Hightower had a number of pressures. Trey Flowers played an impact. Danny Shelton played a great game. Wise. I mean, it seemed like everyone came to play at some point. Kyle Van Noy as well. Um, really, their entire defense. And then when they needed a pressure, when they needed something to happen, they dial up an all-out blitz. Jared Goff doesn't handle pressure well. Uh, and case in point, the interception Stephon Gilmore, terrible decision. Uh, but I, but I also think like you could chalk some of tonight up, at least from the LA Rams' perspective, It's just Jared Goff didn't play well. Their offensive the line, they got their butts whipped up front. Uh, Brandon Cooks had some potential plays he could have made, that he didn't make them, and and the running game never really got going. So all in all, it, I think it was partially you got to give credit to the New England Patriots the way they played. But also the LA Rams didn't play their best game, and look, Tom Brady didn't play his best game. No, but when they needed a drive, when they needed something to happen, and they needed to most, he made the throws. Gronkowski, Edelman, the same cast of characters. Those guys stepped up and made plays, and they were able to put away for a sixth Super Bowl, which is just ridiculous.
4: Now, uh, look for all the crit. Look, Tom Brady didn't play well. Jared Goff didn't play well. The worst quarterback performance of the game was no doubt Tony Romo. So let's uh, let's go ahead and chalk that one up. So uh, we will not. uh, not dive down that road any longer. I will let you escape I, that I, one. I I
2: didn't have a chance to uh to listen to him. I, I was only I was watching the broadcast but I was in a booth. I was in another booth yeah. actually with Charles Davis and Bob Pop, and they had a great call. Uh I was listening to the whole game. But I did notice he was drawing some lines that that didn't <laughs> equate to anything off that. <laughs> But, but here's the thing. I don't know what he was saying, so I don't know what he was drawing lines for. You tell me. You were listening to the game.
3: Well, I, how, how
2: was it?
4: I, I thought it was very astute of Tony Romo to point out um, that the Rams, with under two minutes to go and no points on the scoreboard, uh, he was pointing out that the Rams, uh, this is the ideal type of game that they want to play. Yeah, with an offensive guru as a head coach and a team known for their offense, I, I certainly want zero points with two minutes left to go in the first half. Why? Well, come on, of course. Makes all the sense in the world.
10: What the hell yeah, is he
4: talking well,
2: about, man? I, I don't know. Again, I wasn't able to listen to it. Yeah. I, I, I kind of watched some different things going on in the game. I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't able to hear it, so I was kind of curious to get your take on it after uh, what happened two weeks ago. Okay, so.
4: Brady Quinn, let me ask you this. Sean McVay afterward took a lot of the blame. And he, he yeah. usually does this. He he comes from sort of the Andy Reid uh, philosophy of it's my responsibility. You always hear Andy Reid say that. Sean McVay took a lot of the blame. Did he? He said he got outcoached. You he watching? Did. Okay, K- explain how he got outcoached, and was there a point in the game where he could have taken advantage of something and he just missed it? That you look back on and go, he's going to regret that.
2: I, I don't know. There was so much Sean. I mean, to be quite honest, with you, I mean, do you want him to be more aggressive? Uh, you, you can always go back and say, well, should he try to go for a fourth down here or there or try to create a spark somehow? I mean, look, bottom line is Jared Goff missed a bunch of throws. He looked rattled at times. Their offensive line was getting beat up, and it seemed like they didn't have a good feel for what the New England Patriots were doing, snap to snap. Todd Gurley played more than he did the NFC Championship game, but he wasn't productive. He, he's got to be injured. That's the only thing you can think of. He's doing some sort of cleanup procedure done after the season because it just doesn't make sense. He could play at MVP level for 14 games this season, and 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 even what in the you know uh, beginning of the playoffs, and then lay an egg the past two games. None of that makes sense. But the defense did too. I mean, look, Wade Phillips, you know, didn't didn't necessarily do well. I mean, I know they were good on third down versus the Patriots, um, but there was also the first and second down lack of being able to get them to stop some of the big plays and. You know they played. They played a bunch of zone coverage. I thought Tom Brady uh, wisely was able to dice that up from time to time. And you know, really, the drive that mattered most, the touchdown drive that mattered most. Josh McDaniel saw exactly the types of coverage that the LA Rams are going to play in their base personnel. That means two running backs, two tight, two wide receivers, one tight end. They used empty formations, and they literally came. They ran the same two plays over a three play period. The one, they threw to Edelman, who for a decent gain, They then hit Burkhead on the side, and then the seam to Gronkowski. That was the same exact play they ran earlier in that drive. They just flipped it, and they saw Gronkowski was open. This time, Josh McDaniels told him to maybe give him a look, and Brady dropped a perfect ball in there to help set up the Sony Michelle touchdown. So, um, you know, and, then, and again, that scheme—that's what you do. You can put in a personnel grouping, that then you give them a certain formation, and you know where you're going to get from the defense. That's where you're, you allow your elite-level players and a guy like Tom Brady then just to pick you apart. So credit Josh McDaniels for the job he did versus Wade Phillips.
4: Uh, last two questions for Brady Quinn, and then we'll let him go because uh, he's been a very busy guy all week long. If you were to bet on which one of these teams more likely to get to this point next season, who would you bet? Patriots. 100%. I agree. I, I mean,
2: look at the division. Look at the fact that this probably isn't – this is probably the least talented team they've ever won a Super Bowl yeah. with. And it was actually, and they went by their biggest margin. Like, like um, So it's just, it's, it's remarkable. Uh, and by and the, way, the
4: Rams, and the Rams swung for the fences this off season. This was their right. go for broke. They did it in season. They traded a first round pick for Fowler. Like this right. was their go for broke. Well, I mean, they
2: can, they can figure that out in the off season. I mean, it's not that hard. you did it once; you could do it again. Uh, well, let's not act like the, the, you know, Woods ending. But uh, one interesting note, because for people who weren't there, it felt like a Patriots home game. And I was talking to some, some fans last night before the game, and one of the things they said, I said, are you guys not tired of coming to all these? And they said two things. One, we don't know when Tom Brady's last Super Bowl will be, so we want to make sure we're there for it. And another thing they said was, this is the closest Super Bowl we've had. But, I mean, they actually were like, Minnesota was full away." the way. Like, this was the cheapest, shortest flight we've had in a long <laughs> time true. to go to the Super Bowl. So that's why you saw these droves of Patriots fans down here through this game. Uh, but it was loud. It was noisy. Uh I'm sure that played a factor at the skate, too, at least for the L.A. Rams and where their offense operated.
4: All right, final question for Brady Quinn before we let him go. This is the most important one. You have been in Atlanta for a week. Have you been there a week?
2: Yeah. All right. Yeah, we've, H-
4: how many trips to Ted's Montana Grill?
2: I think i made three. If they were open right now, I would leave my hotel walk there <laughs> to go crab – Another a burger and a beer and probably a milkshake. That place is damn good. Thank <laughs> God for Ted Turner and Ted's Montana Grill. <laughs> Let me
4: tell you something. There are alcoholics less dependent on booze than Brady Quinn is dependent on Ted's Montana Grill. Oh, I've never seen.
2: I, I my, my oh. only hope this week was I could make it seven for seven. I failed. I, I, I actually look at this week as a huge. Uh, it's a huge defeat. I mean, there's no more way to put it. I wasn't able to hit my goal of making it out there once a day, and it's
4: incredibly unfortunate. Well, we'll, we'll let Brady Quinn go. I'll tell the story off the air about how our waitress uh, beer shamed me uh, at the table in front of everybody. That was an embarrassing moment. You two are pretty friendly. I'll yeah. just kind of leave it at that. All right. hope. We'll, uh, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe certain people are listening that should want
7: to hear that, though. Maybe shouldn't, uh, shouldn't have said that there.
4: Uh, all right. There uh, Brady Quinn, fantastic job. Uh, well played, sir. We will have a yeah, bang, we will have a bang up show next uh, no pun intended next week here on Fox Sports Radio dynamite performance. We appreciate a few minutes of your time. Get some sleep.
2: Sounds good. I'll see you.
4: My man, Brady Quinn, Fox Sports Radio host, be back on the air with me next week uh, here on FSR. Yeah, you know what's bad when you order a Bud Light and the woman brings over a uh, a ginger ale and says, "Oh, you wanted a Bud Light, right?" And I just thought, "Wow, I got nothing in response." <laughs> that's, that's it. I just, I mean that like just take a just take a croquet mallet to my groin next time while you're at it. Just you know, do that. All right. Um coming up next year on FSR, it is it is a very very strange thing that is happening One aspect of this Super Bowl does not make a whole hell of a lot of sense. We'll get to that here next on Fox Sports Radio. For all the latest, though, it is Steve DeSager.
6: Patriots 13-3 over the Rams in the Super Bowl tonight. Jared Goff was sacked four times. He did hold the ball among the longest in the league before throwing this season. And as Brady just mentioned, the Rams' offensive line was getting beat. This is the offensive line that just last night at the NFL Honors was named the top offensive line of this past regular season in the NFL. Well, in case an onside kick was needed late, and remember the Rams lined up for a field goal in the final seconds. They were going to get within seven and then kick the onside kick, missed the field goal, lost by 10, as it turned out. But keep in mind with the new rules on kickoffs, only four were recovered by the kicking team, not four by the Rams. In the whole league, the whole season, all games combined, only four onside kicks were recovered. The Rams' defense this season allowed six yards per play today, Patriots six yards per play Rams were bottom five in the league in that category and that included that high scoring win against Kansas City and here the Patriots keep Kansas City scoreless a couple weeks ago in the first half they keep the Rams great offense scoreless first half tonight. Pats, 13-3 the final. The game MVP Julian Edelman, 10 receptions, 141 yards. Rob Gronkowski, who says he'll make a decision in the next week or two on retirement, he had six receptions, 87 yards tonight. Defensive back Jonathan Jones led the Pats with eight tackles, one sack. Stephon Gilmore with a key late interception. The Raiders are reportedly close to a deal with the San Francisco Giants to play their home games at that ballpark next season, says a Bay Area report. Still, the 49ers and the league would have to approve. In the nba memphis with a win toronto and boston as well college basketball victories for villanova and purdue ricky fowler the golf winner in arizona back to the show in 10 seconds but first a word from farmers from
7: a dog accidentally flooding a living room to a dog taking a joyride we've covered it talk to farmers we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two we
8: are farmers underwritten by farmers truck fire insurance exchanges and affiliates products not available in every state
6: Well, football season is over, at least NFL football (laughs) season, because remember, (laughs) the new league starts next weekend. Get your cable DVR set for the Alliance of All American right. Football, ladies and
4: gentlemen. <laughs> Come on, Steve. Don't say, don't, don't mock this. <laughs> it's a brand new league. Steve, welcome in right. with open arms.
6: That's right. And also, don't forget XFL in 2020, I Damn believe, too. So, yeah, get ready.
4: Um, but So, you, so uh, let me just ask you real quick. Um, and by the way, coming up in about 10 minutes from now, we're going to debut a brand new feature on the show. Oh, really? Yeah, it's called Stats with Steve. Oh, i yeah. listen. Super Bowl stats. Super Bowl stats with Steve, starring Bobo. As uh, a matter, yeah, we'll do it with uh, Bobo. I'd be uh, happy
6: to see what he's got.
4: Uh, so Steve's always got these these like factoids and things that I find fascinating that that he researches, and so I want to I want to try and get, especially with the Super Bowl, one last tribute to uh, to the NFL season. No, I
6: got one for you. We were talking about this with Arnie with the ticket prices last night. Do you know for a game that was three three after the third quarter? Tickets were $2,400 at minimum for upper-level corners on the secondary market last night. That was the cheapest get-in price oh. to Atlanta, 2400 That's gross. Slightly more than uh, maybe most of us well, would pay, especially for a 3-3 game well, after the third quarter. It's about what Rob Parker paid at uh, Magic City uh, when he was there. <laughs> Those of you can look that up if or, you want to know what
4: Magic City is. Or,
6: as we know from the... Words of Rob Parker. I ain't paying
9: for (laughs) that.
4: No, No, he'll pay for something... Uh, That is, we've got proof of that. He was all over Instagram with that. Um, You were saying, so the Raiders are close to an agreement to play, where is it, AT&T? Yeah, they
6: changed the name, but the San Francisco Giants ballpark. But the 49ers have territorial rights to it, so if they don't sign off on it, forget it. And of course, the league would have to sign off for it. The NFL has said more than once, get this done now. We've got to make out a schedule for next year. In this month, we want to make out the schedule for next season.
4: You ever been to that park? Uh, I have not the Giants' it, park with it's, the big glove in left field. It's awesome. I went. I went there in July. Now, first of the garlic fries. They're going to tell you about the garlic fries. They're the worst thing I've ever eaten in my life. Really? They're the worst. Terrible. There's no taste, and it's like it'd be one thing if if are if it tasted good and you had bad breath. But when there's no taste <laughs> and you get bad breath, like what's the point? So you're
6: ready to throw them into the bay. Honestly, basically.
4: like I, like why don't you just go bobbing in a in a urinal somewhere? I mean, hey, it just yeah, hey. seriously, it just it's gross. So. But so, the
6: ballpark experience. Oh, it's good. awesome. Yeah, it's great. The it, place that Barry Bonds built.
4: Absolutely. And he did it uh, 100% natural.
6: That's Steve. right. Just like the Patriots run.
4: Yeah. Oh, God, Steve, you have
6: to be so negative.
4: <laughs> uh, all right, so Steve will be back uh, as we debut a special edition of Super Bowl Stats with Steve coming up. You know, the in, game uh,
6: MVP tonight missed the first four games this season. I have no idea why. I just don't see any stats from Julian Edelman in the month of September this nah, year. Right? Uh, and the games off, I nah, guess. Yeah, just some um, issue parking tickets oh, had an okay. issue. And uh, Boston traffic there is really sure. weird. Yeah. Doesn't, you know, they have like, traffic there, too. Yeah, I didn't yeah. do nothing wrong
4: yeah. uh, Julian Edelman, by the way, former uh, guest of the show. Oh,
6: he was a good guest. Yeah, I remember he was outstanding. that. Yeah, very broke, good on the phone. He,
4: he broke down the best burgers in the country. If we have that somewhere, we got to find that somewhere. If it's still in the city. Julian Edelman broke down the best hamburgers in the country. It's very, very strange. Uh, all right, so... The Todd Gurley situation with the Rams. By the way, uh, we are brought to you by Geico. Make sure we get this in. Uh, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800 947 Auto. The only hard part figuring out which way is easier. Nobody has any idea what the hell's happening with, with Todd Gurley, nobody could figure it out. And if your best player and a guy you already paid, you already gave him his big-time contract in the most important game of the season is riding an exercise bike, while C.J. Anderson, who was unemployed an hour and a half ago, is starring in the NFC title game and your lead back, that's an issue. And so nobody could figure out what the hell was going on with Todd Gurley. So after the game, Todd Gurley talking with the media updated them on his condition
5: i'm fine i'm completely fine did mri after the philly game i'm fine so i'm just you know happy to be able to be healthy to finish out the season i know there's been a lot of concerns about my health and stuff but i really am fine
4: so what's going on it doesn't it doesn't make sense so if he's fine then he's got the worst contract in football because you already paid he's not playing like, what do, you, what do you have, five yards? He had a carry in the first half for five yards? Like, he's not playing. So if it's not a health thing, and he's not listed on any injury report, then that's a violation of what the league is is very concerned with if you're the Rams. So if it's not a health thing, what is it? He's getting outperformed by C.J. Anderson? Like, something doesn't add up there. And, and at some point during the offseason, whether it's going to be right after the season or whatnot... There's got to be some sort of uh, discovery made or something as to what happened to Todd Gurley because they could not rely on a guy who is being paid as somebody that you're supposed to be able to rely on. And that was a big issue with this team. Todd Gurley was nowhere to be found and he was getting outplayed by C.J. Anderson who was cut two or three different times and unemployed in December. It doesn't add up. Something's missing there. And whether they want to come out publicly and speak about it, one of the things I heard at Radio Row, and this is purely speculation, I heard this bounced around by a few people, that it's something that they can't talk about. That's what I heard. In Atlanta, that it was something they can't talk about. That it's maybe something private, something more serious. If that's the case, the way this league works and the way that it's covered, that's going to get out eventually. But as it stands right now, it's a very bizarre situation. He says he's fine. The Rams say he's fine. Everything we've heard is that he's fine health-wise, yet he's getting outplayed by C.J. Anderson. Something doesn't add up. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Get me on Twitter at TheJonasKnox. Up next, we will debut a a brand-new feature here on the show. A brand-new feature. This is historic. If you want to be a part of history, don't go anywhere. We'll have it for you next year on FSR.
7: From a hot air balloon landing on a car to a load of concrete falling on one, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two.
8: We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.
7: Jonas Knox, Fox
4: Sports Radio. Coming up here in just a moment. We are going to debut a uh, a special, brand new feature here on the show. Can't wait for this. Been wanting to do it for quite some time. Uh, but uh, but Brady won't shut up when he's on the show, so we weren't able to get it in. Uh, Now we will definitely get it in uh, here on the show. Uh, Before we do that, I want to let you know we are brought to you by Discover. Get your free credit scorecard today, even if you're not a Discover customer, and include your FICO credit score, and checking your scoreboard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. Steve DeSager is here.
6: Steve, are you ready for this? I, th- I think you're overselling the segment. Well, it, but that's yeah. what I yes, do. I'm Steve, fair. that's
4: what I do. All right. I am Vince McMahon. I am Don King. It's what I do. So, Steve DeSager, uh, are you ready? You betcha. For Super Bowl stats with Steve. We have got special background music for you, Steve. A music bed specifically for Steve. Oh, boy. Let's let it fly. All right, Steve.
6: I can name that tune in 10 notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 11? Okay, Patriots win thirteen three over the Rams. Hold on, Steve. That is toe tapping. Steve,
4: Steve, hold on. I we cannot we cannot do Karma Chameleon on Fox Sports Radio, please. Something that's a little bit more suitable, something that when you hear Steve's voice, you go, Yeah, this is something Steve plays
6: in his car. No, of course. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, Bobo knows me well, sure. <laughs> All
4: right, for real this time, for real. Right, enough, enough, enough with the grab ass. Yeah, All right. I,
6: I love that S- Super Bowl Group? stats
4: with Steve. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, here we go. That was Metallica, Steve, by the way. <laughs> Just ask me.
6: Uh, Rams on their first eight drives tonight punted eight times and only had three first downs at the time. And this is the best offense in the NFC this year. <laughs> and it was 33 points a game, best in the conference in yards <laughs> per game, yards per play, best in first downs. Eight drives, eight punts. But wait,
4: Steve, but Tony Romo said this is the exact type of game they wanted to play with no points and 157 <laughs> left to go in the first half. He,
6: he maybe should have added a sentence or two after that. He's tip, insane. For the record. The punter had more touches in the first half than Todd Gurley <laughs> and Brandon Cooks combined. Hey, I, I'm not
4: kidding. If Julian Edelman had had like four less catches, you could make you could make a legitimate argument that is it Matthew Slater, Jackie Slater's son, mm-hmm. who's a special teamer, that that guy could have potentially been a Super Bowl MVP because he was brilliant downing punts inside the
6: five. There were a couple of defensive guys who were very good in a defensive game as well. Sony Michelle was close to 100 yards rushing and had the go-ahead score on the two-yard TD fourth quarter. The Rams had their worst offensive game in their two years with Coach Sean McVay. Oof. The combined 14 punts in the game, last year there was one punt total in the Super Bowl. Brandon Cooks, ex of New England, was back in the Super Bowl with a different team this year. He did finish with eight catches, 120 yards. But this game was scoreless after the first quarter. New England is now 5-0 and in Super Bowls that had scoreless first quarters. Amazingly, Brady still has no first quarter touchdowns in nine Super Bowl appearances. In fact, they had three points last year in the first quarter. Those are the only first quarter points the Patriots have had out of these nine Super Bowl runs. That is amazing.
4: I mean, if you just looked at the box score, the Patriots won this game. I mean, oh, they they, they yeah. just there was they, they weren't able to, to cash in, and Goskowski missed a kick, which he normally doesn't do. Goskowski missed a kick. Brady's first pass was an interception. It was not the norm. The fact that the Rams were able to keep it this close, credit to their defense, but it's not like they were able to just dominate New England all day long. And
6: also late first half, remember New England went for it on fourth and one and missed the pass over the middle. So there's yes. three different things in the first half. But in their three postseason games in this run, the Patriots dominated the first halves of each against the 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 Chargers, that L.A. team had 23 plays while the Patriots had 24 first downs at the time. At Kansas City in the AFC title game, Chiefs in the first half, 16 plays. New England had 16 first downs. And then you had the dominance in the first half against the Rams tonight. It was 12 first downs to two. It was roughly 200 yards to 55 at halftime. It was 20 minutes to 10 in time of possession. Jesus. It winds up the lowest-scoring Super Bowl in history, 16 points total. Again, back in 73, undefeated Miami, won a 14-7 game against Washington. Steve, worst Super Bowl you ever saw. Uh, Steelers, first one with Terry Bradshaw. It was 2 <laughs> nothing at halftime. <laughs>
4: Uh, I'd like to also uh, submit uh, Bears Colt Super Bowl was a disaster. Uh, Prince doing the halftime show in the rain. So that was not very fun either. Rex Grossman. Yeah. Come on. Leave him alone. Sexy Rexy, Steve. <laughs> so, you know, you heard a lot of noise. A lot of people were chirping. A lot of people talking. A lot of people making big deals about a reported rift with the New England Patriots. And then uh, just a few months later, here we are again. The Patriots raise the Lombardi Trophy, another Super Bowl in Beantown, and it all goes away, and the Patriots come out on top. But I'll tell you how one aspect of this story will not be told the way it should be because nobody wants to acknowledge they all got it wrong. That coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. You can check out the show on the iHeartRadio app. And you can uh, do it all and listen to it all while we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. The NFL season is in the books. The New England Patriots are Super Bowl champions, 13-3. A shootout in Atlanta. The Patriots beat the Rams on Sunday night. And look, I I said it earlier in the show. I had no issue with the game. A lot of people think I'm just overselling it. You think I'm just trying to go the opposite of everybody else. I've been saying the same thing all year long. So it's not me coming out now after the season's over, after we see this game, a game everybody's criticizing as being not an entertaining game. I've been preaching the same thing all year long. I like defensive football. I like defense with my football. I grew up on that. That's what I was used to watching when I was younger. So the fact that the biggest game of the year saw a defensive battle like we got between New England and LA, I was totally on board with. I thought it was a fun game to watch. Uh, you may not like the number of points maybe it didn't fit into your fantasy football lifestyle but I was good with it and I also acknowledge that football's gone for about six seven months so embrace it while it's here i I, I have no issue with what we watch none whatsoever like you can uh yeah you can harp on well you know it's not good for the game man people people want excitement people want this what like what else like how much more excitement could you possibly need? Honestly, did the, the NFL not deliver enough for you this year? You got a 105-point game on Monday night after it was rescheduled from a different country. Like
7: ah, I want to see what's on the other project. Like what like
4: what else do you want? I didn't like people are people are and they're doing the whole threatening thing too. Huh, I'm going to go watch something else. Okay, go. Go ahead go ahead okay prove it go watch something else guess where you're gonna come back to the Super Bowl I mean, get out. like they're fake threats they're idle threats it's like you knew you had your parents in the bag when you were growing up you knew you had them in the bag when they would pull this crap on you if you don't get over here on the count of three you're in big trouble one two two and a half. Two and three quarters? Like, get out of here. You're not doing anything. It's why you're hoping I bite into the two and three quarters. Like we're like we're doing stuff on a ruler here. Get out of here. Like people, oh, I'm I'm not watching this game anymore. Yes, you are. Stop lying. It's like the same, remember when the Giants, uh Giants ownership uh came out and they said that uh they never got more negative backlash. Like when uh the kneeling for the national anthem topic came up and they had people threatening to get rid of their season tickets and they were really concerned about it. Okay. Guess what happens when those people get rid of their season tickets? The people that have been waiting on it, the people that have been waiting on it for 20 years, jump right in line and say, yeah, we'll take them right over here. Yeah, we're good. We'll take them. Remember all the people, what was the guy's name? Um, uh, Sean King Guy who's really pissed off about the NFL's handling of Colin Kaepernick. So Sean King goes out on social media and says, I'm done with the NFL, man. I'm never watching the NFL again. Week one comes around, and there he is criticizing the performance of Jay Cutler. Excuse me, Mr. King, I thought you were done watching football. (laughs) What happened here? Like, let's stop pretending like we don't love the NFL. So you didn't get a 95-point game. Big whoop. Tough balls. It was a defensive game. I was good with it. Embrace it. Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. Bill Belichick's the greatest coach of all time. And in fact, let's hear from Tom Brady afterwards.
5: It probably won't sink in for a very, very long time, but uh, I'm just so blessed to play with the best teammates through the years from our 01 team and all the way through to now. And uh, I love all those guys. That's what makes it special, man. It's a brotherhood and uh all these relationships are so important in my life and i just you know i i can't cherish it enough and uh it's to kind of be a good celebration tonight tom
4: brady i, I heard him he was uh, doing an interview with jim gray uh it, which was odd it wasn't an interview uh, sponsored by macy's which is uh, very very weird but so tom brady's doing this interview uh with jim gray and he just said they kept asking him you know you're gonna retire you gonna do this you gonna? and he's like why does everyone want me to retire so bad? I don't, I don't understand. Like, I don't, why do I need to retire? He just won another Super Bowl. But it's funny because I, I remember like it was really weird. Like, so, so I'm I'm sitting here, just a little over a year ago, and this big story comes out, and it's a story about man, like how the end is near in New England. I mean, this real like well done story that was put together by Seth Wickersham of ESPN. You might have remembered it. Seth Wickersham, who's an outstanding writer, does a great job. So I'm reading this story, and they're going into full details. I mean, full details as to how bad it was in New England. And uh, they're talking about how Brady and Belichick don't get along. They're talking about how... how uh, Brady's trainer, Alex Guerrero, is no longer allowed in the building. He's not allowed to be there anymore. They're talking about how Tom Brady got Jimmy Garoppolo traded. He gave him an ultimatum and said, I want him gone. Uh, they're talking about how Jimmy Garoppolo tried to go to the TB12 facility and they locked him out. You know, they treated him like uh, like that kid who lights a bag of dog crap on fire and puts it in your front porch and then rings the doorbell hoping you step on it and get crap on your shoes. Like they're This big, like, seven page manifesto about how it's really, really awful in New England. So let's just focus on the Jimmy Garoppolo aspect of it. The Patriots were criticized for getting rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. They were told, you made a giant mistake. You got rid of the quarterback of the future. That guy's the star He's a quarterback of the future, and you went against the grain and against what you've always done as a Patriots organization, and you kept the old guy, and you chased out the future. Huge mistake. You guys are going down in flames. Since that time, Tom Brady's been to the Super Bowl twice and won one. (laughs) Like, Like, I think it's pretty clear they've done the right thing. They did the right thing. If you want to dispute it now and say, well, yeah, but Tom Brady, it wasn't a, that wasn't a, a good move by Brady to chase out Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, well, you cannot like how he did it, and you cannot like how it happened, and you cannot like all the rumors that were surrounding it, but let me tell you something. They got it right. They got it right. Because since Jimmy Garoppolo's been out of the building, the Patriots have been to the Super Bowl twice, they won one, and probably should have won the other one. So all these stories about how it's over in New England and they're finished and they're this and that, uh, that was all crap. Brady Quinn and I talked about it on the show, laughing about it. Like, how do people buy into this stuff? How do you buy into it? Nobody's going to want to acknowledge this. There's this going to be a lot of backtracking. You've already started to do the backtracking. Did you hear people all throughout the postseason? What was their big thing? <laughs> Nobody's ever said the Patriots were finished. Nobody's ever said that. Yeah, you did. That's why you loved it when that story came out. You said the Patriots were done. That's why you stirred up the bogus rumors of, God, because Bill Belichick benched Malcolm Butler, uh, the the Patriots lost that Super Bowl, and Bill Belichick lost the locker room. Uh, let me tell you something. For a guy who lost the locker room, sure seemed to find him in the postseason. I, I, I don't know how that happened. But you're right. They're really going to miss Malcolm Butler and Jimmy Garoppolo. By the way, uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has not been the quarterback they thought he was in San Francisco. That's a fact. If you're a 49er fan and you deny that, you're lying. So we're established there. And also, Malcolm Butler, for majority of the season, was the worst contract in football for the Tennessee Titans. Both former Patriots, both guys that I was told by so many of you were big factors within the team, and without him... They were in dire straits. And here we are, and it's the final Sunday of the NFL season, and just like five times before this, the Patriots are the best team in the league. Like at some point, don't you just kind of throw your hands up and say, you know what, they're just better than everybody at this. They're just better. Like, I don't know how many more times you have to be proven wrong before you acknowledge yeah, I give up, man. Like this is like like we we all we all think we know what's going to happen. We know what you know. Yeah, this no, but this time it's it's for real this time. Like look, I I was guilty of it too. Patriots Steelers. That was a late afternoon game. Patriots Steelers. Remember this one, sort of later in the season, there was a play in the game where Tom Brady went to throw the ball out of bounds. He threw it and it was intercepted. And the feeling afterwards was, man, what a terrible decision by Tom Brady. And my biggest concern was, no, that wasn't a terrible decision. He made the right decision. He didn't have the arm strength to get it out of bounds. That was a concerning moment for Tom Brady and the Patriots. And what do they do? They just figure it out. Patrick Chung, major player in that secondary for the Patriots. Patrick Chung goes down with an injury, done, out for the game. And what happens? Jared Goff and the Rams can't capitalize. Defense still looks strong. Pick off Jared Goff late. That game's a wrap. Like, how many more times do the Patriots have to prove you wrong before you just go, you know what, as much as maybe we don't like Boston or we don't like their fans and maybe they're obnoxious and maybe they're this and maybe they're that, they're just better than you. They're better than your team. You can write all your manifestos, you can spread all your rumors, you can do all your narratives, you can laugh at them when they say that we're the underdog, even though they were the underdog in a lot of cases, I mean, those are facts. I mean, that, that's just a reality. Even though they were the team that you didn't pick to go anywhere and they were the team that you were telling everybody wasn't going to do anything this postseason, that the end was near, in fact, the end was now, even though you were saying all that, once they started winning and they said, keep doubting us, and you said, we never doubted you, okay, why were they underdogs? And why did you react the way you did when these stories came out about them? Just better than you. It's all right. Just acknowledge it. Uh, Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, you can get me on Twitter at the Jonas Knox as we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Coming up next here on FSR, the uh, so there is um, this is, and I, I don't want to paint like doom and gloom for one fan base, but there's an NFL fan base that if I were you, I personally would be a little worried moving forward. We'll get to that next here on FSR.
3: Terms and conditions
7: apply. From a car landing on a roof to a car landing in a pool. We've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We
8: are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.
4: Span stinks. Jonas Knox Fox Sports Radio.
5: <laughs> Before you even said anything, air goes, Yeah, he's gonna talk crap about this song. <laughs>
4: It's so fun. All right, if you're listening to the podcast, you can't hear this. It's a Three Doors Down, Superman, Kryptonite, whatever. Uh, Wonder Woman. Who cares? (laughs) Um, I. It's just. It's so funny. People get like uh, bothered by that. Like if it's a song that comes back, I'll just say it because it's fun to say. I don't really even mean it sometimes. But people like really get upset about it on Twitter. They get they get real bothered by it. And I don't. I mean, come on. Just busting balls here. We're cracking jokes. A few jokes.
5: You know it's I mean, funny? Because you can always tell the songs that you really, really don't like compared to the songs that you're just teasing. Because the songs you really don't like, you don't shut up about it. Oh, you well, go you on and yeah. on and on. Green
4: Day and Sublime. I, they are awful. Absolute crap. Both of them. Not one single noise that comes out of any amp It's just, it's terrible. Oh, God. Just think of who, uh, like, who goes into a hot topic, Almost to God, who goes into a hot topic with green bug spray in their hair and a bunch of piercings that don't look good and they look totally malnourished and they go, give me the hard stuff, and they blame this crap. This band stinks. Legitimately stinks. I'm just busting balls about three doors down. That band stinks. By the way, uh, Maroon Five, thanks for th- <laughs> th- thanks for attending the Super Bowl halftime show. Uh, we'll go ahead and we'll call this one a wrap for uh, Maroon Five. Unbelievable, they were they were terrible too. Man, I, I should have extended the poll question. I said uh, who is worse, uh, Maroon Five or Tony Romo? I should have extended it. Uh, maybe included like Jared Goff. Somebody else like we could have found somebody else. that was wrong. I mean, some of the commercials were terrible. I didn't think the commercials were that great. But I was OK with the game. Look, I was good with it. 13-3. Give me a low scoring affair. I'm all about it. You know, I, I don't need a bunch of glitz and glamour to spice up my night. You guys are all about accessories. You people, you, you vegans out there who love high scoring games. You're the ones that have to go out and buy expensive shoes and fancy watches and get all dolled up. You wear a lot of makeup. You're those people, not me. It As as is, wake up, throw something on, brush your teeth, walk out. That's called a 13-3 game. None of this uh, go to the Mac store and spend an hour and a half and walk out of there, and it looks like uh, somebody dozed off while trying to make a clown outfit out of you. Question. Yep.
5: Favorite halftime show ever.
4: Question from me back to you. Are we on the air yet?
5: Oh, maybe. Okay. Okay, yes.
4: Favorite halftime show ever? Probably Prince.
5: Okay, now we're off air.
4: Yeah, uh, okay. Uh Prince Super Bowl 41 in Miami in the rain only because he had a guitar that uh he was doing <laughs> well, you know. He was <laughs> <laughs> He, was, uh, he, was, he was, was Prince. He, was, he um, was Prince. He was giving you a visual. Uh we'll just say that. Uh Prince was so that was probably probably the best one I saw, but uh, definitely not the one that happened earlier. That was real bad. And didn't Lady Gaga, like, like come out of the sky or something like that? Didn't she, like, jump out of, like, off a building or something a year she ago? She was supposed
5: to jump off the top of the arena and jumped into the, yeah.
4: It's just like, what? what are we doing here? Like, really? You couldn't come up with something better than that? You want to have a good time? How about well. you, like, for, for, for <laughs> halftime... Try- why don't we get why don't we get Gronk and Akib Tlaib to play beer pong? All right, like why don't we spice this thing up a notch? What, what do we need to, Maroon Five to come out there so that guy could show off some of his crummy tattoos and his spray tan in in
5: February? Thought he had a okay. dishevel tattooed on him too.
4: Uh, trust me, uh, that's the only thing that could have been worse. <laughs> so I, I, and hey, Travis Scott came in in an animated meteor. I don't know what Travis Scott is. What is Travis? Is that like an alcohol? What is Yes.
5: That's uh Kylie Jenner's baby daddy. Oh. Well, oh, okay.
4: Nice. They're still uh <laughs> they're still part of the whole circle, huh? Uh, of course. All right. The Kardashians are still a thing. God bless them. <laughs> God Kanye. bless them. Yep. All right. Um we will uh we will merge right off that now that we're back on so we're back on the air now? All right. We're back. All you're right. hot. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio here. Uh, coming to you live from the uh, Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Also, want to let you know we are brought to you by Discover. Get your free credit scorecard today. even if you're not a Discover customer, it includes your FICO credit score and checking your scorecard. It won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. Uh, real quick, I also noticed this. When Jared Goff went to go run out of bounds and got crushed. And it, Actually, that's an I, I exaggerated. He got hit pretty hard and pretty clean for a quarterback. There were people that legitimately went on social media and tweeted if that was Tom Brady would have been called a penalty. No, it wouldn't have because Tom Brady would have known to get out of bounds sooner. He was in bounds and he got smacked. Sorry, that's a legal play. It's a a 100% legal play. Not even close to a penalty. If that was Brady (laughs) would have been an ejection. Get out of here. Brady knows to go down. Why do you think he's still in the league at 40-something years old? He gets it. He's not trying to win any hero battles. Jared Goff didn't get out of bounds in time. Sorry. All right. So, there's a – we've got – now, if you're a Rams fan, you're going to want to think positively about this. Because if you're a Rams fan, you're probably a Dodger fan. And Dodger fans kind of got – they were a little bit spoiled. All right. Now there might be some Dodger fans listening on on AM 570 LA Sports, the home of the Dodgers. When the Dodgers went to the World Series 2 years ago and lost in Game 7, I remember saying at the time, "Listen, I don't want to be Mr. Negative, but I just want to tell you, the odds of you getting back there are kind of slim. Like that was really your chance. You got to cash in on that." And what did the Dodgers do? They figured it out. They got hot at the right time, and they went back to the World Series, and then they lost again. And after that, I said, "Yeah, it's really not going to look good for them to go a third straight year. Like that's, I mean, you know, the the Bills did it, and it was really impressive. But th- this just isn't. I, I just don't see it happening. Like that, you're really asking a lot. It's 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 a deep run. It's a lot of fatigue, uh, a lot of games during the regular season. Uh, you know, free agents pending, all this stuff. Like you went all in, you went out, you wanted Manny Machado, you you did all those things. I just don't know." if I'm a Rams fan, how I would feel if I lost this Super Bowl moving forward. Now, you've got to address the game in itself. You've got to find out what the issues were. Brady Quinn, Fox Sports Radio host, my partner in crime normally in this time slot, he's in Atlanta covering the Super Bowl. So Brady joined us earlier, and he talked about where the blame landed following the Rams' loss earlier on Sunday.
2: I, I don't know there was so much Sean. I mean, to be quite honest, with you, I mean, do you want him to be more aggressive? Uh, you, you can always go back and say, well, should he try to go for a fourth down here or there or try to create a spark somehow? I mean, look, bottom line is Jared Goff missed a bunch of throws. He looked rattled at times. Their offensive line was getting beat up, and it seemed like they didn't have a good feel for what the New England Patriots were doing, snap to snap. Todd Gurley played more than he did the NFC Championship game, but he wasn't productive. He, he's got to be injured. That's the only thing you can think of. He's doing some sort of cleanup procedure done after the season because it just doesn't make sense. He could play at MVP level for 14 games this season, and 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 even what, you know, uh, beginning of the playoffs, and then lay an egg the past two games. None of that makes sense. But the defense did too. I mean, look, Wade Phillips, you know, didn't didn't necessarily do well. I mean, I know they were good on third down versus the Patriots, um, but there was also the first and second down lack of being able to get them to stop some of the big plays.
4: And then you look at the defense, how many of those guys during the course of the season, like, let's just be honest here. Like, they really did, this was their chance. If you watch the NFL, the the plan in the NFL is find a rookie quarterback, uh, draft a quarterback, keep him on his rookie deal, add talent around him, try and win while he's on his rookie deal, and then when you have to pay him, then you'll sacrifice at other parts of the team. But when you get your chance, you got to cash in. The Eagles were fortunate a year ago to cash in with a backup quarterback, but that was the same plan they were following. The Bears are trying to follow along in that same plan. The Cowboys are trying to follow along in that same plan. Young quarterback on his rookie deal, before you have to pay him a big amount, add around him, pay other players, do what you need to do, but try and win in that window. That's the new model in the NFL. The Rams tried that this year. They went into the offseason. They got Marcus Peters. They got to Tlaib. They got Ndamukong They went out and got Brandon Cooks. The Rams went after it. During the season, they went out and they traded a first-round pick for Fowler of Jacksonville. This was their swing for the fences offseason, and they came up short. So now you look ahead and you go, okay, what are we talking about moving forward? So I asked Brady Quinn, I said, listen, if I were to ask you You've got to bet on one of these teams to get back to the Super Bowl a year from now. Here was Brady's response. Patriots.
2: I'm, I mean, look at the division. Look at the fact that this probably isn't this is probably the least talented team they've ever won a Super Bowl yeah. with. And, and it was actually and they won by their biggest margin. <laughs> um, so it's just it's it's remarkable.
4: Yeah, and and here's the other part of it. If you were to talk about going into the game, who's got the brightest future? Everybody would say the Rams they got this young coach and they got this quarterback and they got this and they got this and I said it before the playoffs started, before the Rams played their first game. I said it on Fox Sports Radio. Listen, the team that really needs this more than any other team is the Rams because they went for broke. Because they emptied the chamber in the offseason to try and make a run. If the Patriots lose this Super Bowl, big deal, they got five. They got five. And who do you trust to get back to this point again? The team who always seems to do it or the team that's never done it since they've been back in L.A. and and hasn't done it in almost 20 years. So to me, this was a horrible loss for the L.A. Rams. They were outplayed. They were outcoached. And because of it, and because of the way they went into this season, how they spent in the offseason, I don't think there's any guarantees that they get back to this point next year or the year after, for that matter. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, up next here on FSR, by the way, you can get me on Twitter at the Jonas Knox. We are going to find out what we have missed so far on the show. It is a special little segment we do on the show called The Scraps. That is next here on Fox Sports Radio. But for all the latest from around the world of sports, look, just be a decent human being for once in your life. Be a decent person. Tell everybody around you to shut up. And pay your respects to
6: Steve (laughs) DeSegar. That's being a decent person? You are correct on the getting younger because you're getting cheaper trend across the entire NFL. In fact, there was an AP study released just this past week. Even the Super Bowl champions rosters that they analyzed from this past decade dropped an average of 20 players out of their 50-man roster, 53-man roster between Super Bowl and week one of the next season. Almost 40% of your roster, done. That's for champions. That's so, crazy. yes, seriously, for the Rams, and not only the Rams, that'll be the case. In fact, New England's five title teams going into this year. By the next year, 19 players dropped on average. Seattle recently won the Super Bowl, 24 new players the very next year. Well, they had to pay Russell Wilson. Yeah, it's the salary cap league still. Even yeah. though money's there and the, you know, the cap keeps going up, you know younger is cheaper, and that's the trend because you're replacing with a guy that usually has a couple years less experience and is a lot cheaper. Now, you were talking about musical acts. Miami is hosting the Super Bowl next year, Tampa Bay the year uh, after that. Oh, please, please don't say it's Pitbull. Please, man, I'm <laughs> so sick of Pitbull. Well, <laughs> nobody drinks Dr. Pepper anymore. It's either Come that on. or something from Disney World, I'm guessing. But I, I would nominate Terry Bradshaw as the masked singer. Just consider it for the halftime show next year. And, you, you know, I'll go with you on the Prince number one halftime show. It was good. As long as you have as number two maybe uh, Up With People, Rose Bowl 1980. Or Up With People 1982. And I think they, sometime in the 70s, they were there, but just who, uh, an option. Who the hell's Up With People? It was kind of like the a group of all white people, mostly, that would perform at jeez. Disneyland. You know what I mean? Just really jeez. saccharine. You know what I mean? Steve, jeez. I just... Sanitized. Well, a really sanitized it's, group. Well, it uh, Not exactly what you would think of well, as a Super Bowl halftime all right, interesting. show. Very interesting. Uh, I think Kathleen Gifford sang it, who's Super Bowl halftime once in the past. So <laughs> you get an idea. <laughs> Super Bowl 53 was in Atlanta tonight. Patriots a 13-3 winner against the Rams. Not a whole lot to go over. It was 3-3 after the third quarter and wound up the lowest scoring Super Bowl in history. Game MVP Julian Edelman, 10 receptions, 141 yards. For Bill Belichick, that's six titles in his 24 years as an NFL head coach. That ties for the best all time. Six NFL championships. I looked it up. Curly Lambeau of Green Bay fame. He had six in 33 years. George Halas had six titles in 40 years with Chicago. The Raiders are reportedly close to a deal with the San Francisco Giants to play their home games at that ballpark next season. But... 49ers and the league still have to approve. In the NBA, the Boston Celtics have won 9 of 10. They shot 59% from the floor, beat Oklahoma City today, 134-129. Celtics have won four in a row. Tied for third place in the East, five games out. Kyrie Irving had 30 points. In the loss, Russell Westbrook, a triple-double, 16 assists. Paul George scored 37 they still wouldn't didn't win the game. Thunder third in the Western Conference, four games out. Wins for Memphis and Toronto. College basketball victories for Villanova and Purdue. Golf win in Arizona for Ricky Fowler. Jonas back in ten seconds. But first, a word from Farmers. From
7: a dog accidentally flooding a living room to a dog taking a joyride, we've covered it. Talk to Farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We
8: are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.
6: Jonas Knox, less than a half hour in this post Super Bowl show. Remaining. Aww. Thanks, Steve. And then it's a uh, Rams fan, uh, Ben Maller.
4: Now, listen, well, look, he he does a lot of work in Boston. so this he does. This, this was a no-lose situation for Ben Maller. Or a no-win situation. Oh, come on. Oh, uh, By the way, we are brought to you by Discover. Get your free credit scorecard today. Even if you're not a Discover customer, it includes your FICO credit score. And checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, I'm going to tell you about maybe the most embarrassing moment of Super Bowl week for one fan, all right? So that is coming out 12 minutes from now. Right now, though, here on Fox Sports Radio, it's time for a little something we do on the show called this. And for that, we turn it over to the one and only Steve DeSager to find
6: out what the hell we missed so far. Steve? There was, you mentioned the Red Sox winning a recent World Series and now a Patriots team from the same region winning the Super Bowl. There was a Boston writer tonight that tweeted out, in the Super Bowl era, so roughly the last 50 years, can you guess what other regions of the country have had a World Series winner and then just a few months later, a Super Bowl winner. I'll get to that in a moment. For Tom Brady, this is his sixth Super Bowl win. No other quarterback has more than four Super Bowl starts, just to put it in perspective. He's six and three in his nine Super Bowl appearances. And for the Patriots franchise, they've been in 11 Super Bowls, but it's nine for Brady and Belichick together. The Steelers franchise has been to the Super Bowl eight times. Dallas, eight times. Denver, eight appearances. Brady Belichick, nine together. And we must talk about How many for the Lions, Steve? I believe that's zero. Oh, okay. That's uh, one playoff win since 1957, by the way. Just just keeping track. Our uh, Bruce, yeah, it's not too tough. Bruce Feldman uh, (laughs) had a great item post-game tonight that of the past six Super Bowl MVPs, Four of them have gone to guys drafted in the sixth or seventh round. (laughs) You know, we talk a bit. It's going to be a lot talking about the combine and then the late April draft. We're at that part of the year. But Tom Brady was a sixth rounder. He's won two recent MVPs. Julian Edelman, tonight's winner with the 10 catches, was a seventh rounder. Malcolm Smith of the Seattle defense was a seventh rounder. And, uh, you know, last night we had the NFL honors and the NFL defensive rookie of the year was a guy who wasn't a first rounder. Darius Leonard, the Colts linebacker, wound up as a second rounder, as a rookie leading the whole league in tackles. So to say it's an inexact science... By I the think way, that any, would be accurate.
4: Has anybody hit on their their first and second picks of the draft more so than what the Colts did? They got Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard one and two mm-hmm. this past year. Mm-hmm. Those guys are going to be there for a decade.
6: Yeah, and what did they need to do protect Andrew Luck, which is why he got hurt in the first place, and now he's come back player of the year, and yeah. that line actually kept him upright. Yeah, it was it was it was huge. Still doesn't have a beard trimmer, but nonetheless. <laughs> uh, as far as doubles for a city, World Series and Super Bowl, uh, Red Sox winning. And then Patriots winning. And that happened in the Boston area uh, about uh, 15 years ago as well. 1989 Oakland A's won a World Series. And then across the Bay, the 49ers won a Super Bowl just after that. New York Mets 1986, the New York Giants just after that. Pittsburgh Pirates 1979, then the Steelers won yet again right after that. And uh, Baltimore Orioles, 1970, and then Baltimore Colts won a Super Bowl right after oh, that. Oh, jeez. Now, what's going to happen with the two assistants of note off these teams tonight? Well, Patriots assistant Brian Flores, quite a successful evening, by Hell the way. yes. He will fly to Miami tomorrow morning to finalize a deal to become the Dolphins' new head coach. Rams assistant Zach Taylor will reportedly fly to Cincinnati tomorrow to become the Bengals' new head coach after the Rams offense nearly gets shut out in a Super Bowl, a Rams offense that was the best O in the NFC for the year. So uh, Marvin Lewis lasted, what, 16 years and zero playoff wins, so... Zach Taylor, after this performance tonight, might last 14 or 15 years, the way things are going. And also, Bruce Coslett, I think, is not available. Oh, my God. Bruce Coslett? <laughs> I, I forgot about that name. <laughs> so so did they. It, it,
4: it, Bruce Coslett. That, that's like, I, when I think of Bruce, you always could do, um, like, think about coaches and you put them in comparison. Like, when I think of Ditka, I think about, you know, Buddy Ryan. Or when I think of uh, Parcells, I think about uh, Bill Walsh. When I think of um, Bruce Coslett, I think of Rich Cotite. Yeah. I just, for some reason, I don't know why. Why do I do that? I just sort of associate them with each other. I have no idea why. It's yeah, weird. Morning
6: Weg, there's a lot of guys on that list. Anyway, yeah. i got to mention uh, before the segment ends of Todd Gurley, because this guy, the last two weeks, it's has weird, been man. largely a ghost. Let's reemphasize what an MVP candidate he is. Since Todd Gurley entered the league about three years ago, 48 rushing touchdowns, the most in the National Football League. But in the NFC Championship game a couple weeks back, yes, he had a touchdown run just before halftime. But aside from that, three carries, four yards, a couple of drops in the passing game. And then Todd Gurley, yes, he had a 16-yard run just after halftime. He had a, a run called back by holding as well. Aside from that tonight, nine carries, 19 yards, and there, one catch for minus one yard. There's something something's going on there man. Yes, and it's, I believe he's healthy. Yeah, yes, they're very strict injury yep. reporting rules. I believe he's, you know, as healthy as guys tend to be at yeah, this point. They're they're not
4: going to run the risk of burning bridges with the NFL when it comes to not being honest about the injury report. The NFL is very serious about that, and when you're welcoming gambling into the sport, they're not going to go against the grain and 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 cause problems like that. The fact that he was being out that he got outplayed by a guy who was Sitting on a couch somewhere in December, yeah. down the stretch, and CJ the most important, like, there's something, there's something else. there. something doesn't add up to me. Todd Gurley's best football, best college football player I've ever seen in person live. I saw him play against South Carolina, and it was like he was playing against ten year olds. He's un,
6: <laughs> was unbelievable. He is so good, it doesn't add up. Yeah, and you would think University of Georgia, back in Atlanta, Georgia tonight, the way they talked, he's going to be a huge part of our game, and it just never clicked. And so this offense, top scoring in the NFC never entered the red zone in the entire game. That is just stunning to me. They had five three and outs, five out of their first eight drives. The Patriots had lulls as well offensively, but they were good early in moving it and certainly two great drives late. So the two teams on third down conversions, they combined to go six for 25 in this low scoring game. The difference is New England had over 400 yards of offense, The Rams had 215 until the last drive. And remember, that includes that Robert Woods catch on the sideline, which wasn't a catch but didn't get reviewed because the Rams hustled up and ran the next play. Uh, Take away that. It's under 200 yards of offense until the last drive. But remember, Steve, according to Tony Romo, this is the type of game they wanted That's to right. play. And I it was that. 3-3 after yes. the third quarter. I'm sure McVay wanted to play well, that according, game. According oh, to yeah.
4: Tony Romo, uh, the goal is a field goal for 60 <laughs> minutes. According to Tony Romo. <laughs> they still get the trophy. Yeah. Sixth
6: Super Bowl title for Brady and Belichick dating back to the Super Bowl win in 2002 against the St. Louis Rams, which yeah. was 17 years ago tonight.
4: All right, there it is, Steve DeSager with, uh, with the, this show's edition of The Scraps here on Fox Sports Radio. Well done. Round of applause for Steve DeSager, the best in the business. Uh, by the way, we are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios.
6: I don't think their hearts were. Yeah, what the hell? Studio audience?
4: Well, it's raining outside. Maybe they're thrown off. Rams fans. They got to put their umbrellas down before they can clap. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800 947 Auto. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio, the most embarrassing moment of the week for an NFL fan. We've got it for you here on FSR.
7: From a hot air balloon landing on a car to a load of concrete falling on one, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We
8: are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by farmers, truck, fire insurance, exchanges, and affiliates. Products not available in every state.
4: Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Coming up in uh, just a moment, we'll tell you about the most embarrassing moment for a fan all week long leading up into the Super Bowl. That's coming up here uh, on Fox Sports Radio. Also, less than 10 minutes from now, we serve as the undercard for the great Ben Maller, who will take over the airwaves. A four-hour extravaganza, one of the best to ever do it. Ben Maller, uh, up next here on Fox Sports Radio. Steve Desager, I don't know if you saw this, but somebody is calling you out on um, uh, mentioning your teams that have won cities that have uh, multiple champions in different sports. Uh somebody was pointing out the nineteen eighty eight Lakers and Dodgers, you missed them.
6: Oh no, yeah, the list from the Boston guy was just World Series and then Super Bowl right after.
4: Yeah, I knew but that yes. Yeah, I was just messing around. Yeah. Just it was just testing you.
6: No, See, of all that. nights, mention an LA success in the postseason. Oh,
4: <laughs> Jeez. Uh, all right, I want to let you know uh, we are brought to you by Discover. Get your free credit scorecard today, even if you're not a Discover customer. and include your FICO credit score, and checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. Uh, would you like to hear about an embarrassing moment, Steve DeSager? Or anybody, or Bobo. Sure. But, uh, Bobo, uh, actually, <laughs> Steve... I just realized uh, Steve's trying to get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> now no, it makes sense. Uh, all right, Bobo, let Steve go. He's got things to do. Uh, Bobo, would you like to hear about an embarrassing moment? For of course, a fan? let's go. Right. So, we are at the Super Bowl in Atlanta. And so, we're, we're getting ready to do, um, uh, or we're doing the show straight out of Vegas on Fox Sports Radio. And I go to use the bathroom, and the breaks are only five minutes long, and you got to walk a little ways. And I go to use the bathroom. And as I'm coming out of the bathroom, this guy walks up to me with a Vikings helmet and a Sharpie, and he says, Can I get your autograph? And I said this word for word, I say to him, Why do you want my autograph? I'm a nobody. He goes, What? I'm like, oh, Yeah, man. Like, you don't want my autograph. I'm I'm nobody. I'm I'm nothing. I'm just some radio guy. You don't want my autograph. He goes, You're not Adam Thielen," And I said, <laughs> I said you mean feeling? He goes, "Oh yeah, I apologize." I was like, "No, man, not even close." He goes, "Oh god, I'm so sorry. The second I did it, I realized you're an idiot. I could have I I could have signed that helmet. He could have taken it home or tried to sell it to somebody. Somebody could have paid top dollar for a mini Vikings helmet signed by one of the best wide receivers in all of football, and they'd have no idea that they were buying something that was signed by the rat from Chuck E. Cheese. Jonathan. I, to- I blew yeah, I completely blew it. No, but I would have signed it, Adam Th- I didn't even know how to spell his name right, but I would have signed it A T and uh, the number nineteen or some crap like that. That's
9: hilarious. That's it.
4: That guy, you if you Look, I'm not trying to say that that's a referendum on Vikings fans, but I'd just like to let you know, for those listening on K-Fan, do your research. That's all I'm saying.
5: Other than George Michael, who else have you been mistaken for? And now,
4: Adam. I forgot about the George Michael thing. (laughs) (laughs) That takes on a whole uh, whole other connotation there. We'll leave that one alone. All right. Well, there's a lot of things. Um, Dirk Diggler, does that count? (laughs) Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Ben Maller's next here on FSR. Shut up, Coop.
3: At bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.